I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I am so happy that you're here, and I believe today that God's Word has the nourishment and the insight that you need to put you over into a place of total and complete victory in Him. Get ready today to receive the Word of God. Now, we're going to start off today by honoring the Lord by bringing first of all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. I would like to read a verse to you today from Genesis chapter 12 verse 2, a, a scripture that we're very familiar with. And this is the Lord speaking to Abram. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be what? You shall be a blessing. Now, we see here very clearly that there is a purpose or a plan for God blessing you. What would that be? Well, first of all, consider that in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, that the Lord said, I know my thoughts, my plans that I have for you. What does that tell us about God? It tells us that He has a personal plan for all of his children. And he's a planner. And everything he does has purpose and intent. It's planned out. So when God says, I will make you a blessing, I will bless you, what is God's plan or underlying purpose for that blessing? He says, and you shall be a blessing. Wow, praise the Lord. My friends, there are unparalleled blessings designated for your life. They're going to intersect right on time with your life. And you're going to find yourself swimming in the abundant blessings of God. But you have to understand God's a planner. He had already planned this out. And there is a purpose for God blessing you. Well, Pastor Stephen, what would that be? So you can be a blessing. Look, when you study the life of Abraham, uh, you can just go a few chapters over in there. You'll see in Genesis chapter 18 how the Lord shows up to speak to Abraham. And so he brings two other uh, beings with him. Abraham said they were men, and they were the appearance of men, but this would also be a pre-incarnation of the Lord Jesus, or what's called a theophany, as the theologians would say. And so he, the Lord, is taking on the form of a human, and he's got probably a couple of angels with him. And so Abraham sees these three men, and he gets up quickly. What does he do? He actually, uh, and this is, this is the kind of things he was doing all the time. He actually had a meal prepared for them. He said, let me get your feet washed. And he made sure that within a very short period of time, he's serving them barbecue, uh, beef, and he's serving them bread and butter and milk. And he's you know, making sure their feet are washed. As I said, he's just going about doing good. And he has been blessed. Why? So that he can be a blessing. It's nice to have some extra cattle over there so that should you have some visitors, you can feed a whole lot of people. Praise God. And he was very blessed in livestock in the beef industry. And he was, really, he was really a cattle baron. So God has a plan for you to be blessed. That's wonderful, Pastor Stephen. I'm all, I'm all about self-consumption. No, if you keep consuming 
all the time. You're going to die unless there's also elimination. In other words, in your in your life, if all you do is consume, consume, but you never give out, you never give out, then there's something that will become sick on the inside of you. If you eat for days and days, but you never go to the restroom, you never go to the toilet, uh, you know what? You're not going to live very long because if you're not eliminating, if you're just consuming, but you're never eliminating, that's not even the normal cycle of life. You're going to die. Something's terribly wrong with your body. But my friends, the fact that you pass things on and there's elimination means that things are working the way they should. So we're not designed by God just to consume, consume, consume. My friends, God wants to bless you. Why? So that you can be a blessing. So that you have that extra. So you can always be doing wonderful things that glorify the Lord. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I tell you what, this man Abraham understood the purpose of the blessing. Now, there was, there was a, a pastor, his name was Roland Buck, and he wrote a book called Angels on Assignment. Now, Pastor Buck, he lived his life out, went on to heaven, but when he wrote that book, Angels on Assignment, he was having visitations from very high-ranking angels. He would have visions in his house. He could see the angels. They actually used his house as an outpost. And so there's angels flying in from heaven and a lot of activity at his house. And, you know, he met the angel Gabriel and all of these amazing things going on. And uh, the book is rock solid. It really glorifies the Lord, and it's doctrinally sound all the way through. Now, Roland Buck said that he was in a vision, he was taken to heaven, and he, that he was shown the various books that are, that are kept on the life of every child of God. And so when you lived your life out on the earth, there was a book that recorded all of your righteous deeds, all of your good works that honored the Lord. They're all kept in the book. And Roland Buck was shown by an angel a book on the life of Abraham. And just like you see in Genesis chapter 18, how Abraham is making sure that when there are those who are traveling through a, you know, the desert type area, he would show hospitality. Well, Roland Buck said that when he looked through the book on the life of Abraham, he saw story after story where Abraham was doing stuff like that all the time. And he really had a very highly developed gift of hospitality, of making people feel comfortable. And remember, he's blessed. So he has the ability to do that. But it's more than just the ability. It's actually exercising that ability and releasing that blessing upon people. So he was blessed. Why? To be a blessing. Now, there's nothing different with the way God works it in your life. You are also blessed by him to be what? A blessing, not just a self-consumer where you consume it all for yourself. That's not God's intention. So get ready because God looks upon your life. He sees your faithfulness and he's bringing those blessings in and they're coming in. Uh, I, I tell you what, like heat seeking missiles, they're going to find you because uh, your reward is coming and get ready because they're going to manifest in your life. But understand there's purpose. God's a planner. What is the plan? What is the purpose? So that you can be a blessing. Woo. Praise the Lord. Now, there's different levels of magnitude concerning the blessing. There could be maybe what we would call a smaller level. Perhaps you're going through the drive-thru, 
And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the drive-thru, so you place your order, you go up to the window at the drive-thru to pay for your food, but you notice in your rearview mirror that the car behind you, uh, the car looks like it's about to fall apart, the person looks like they're having a really rough day, and they look like they are just, uh, you know, not doing too good. Well, I tell you what, it, it is really a blessing to just say, hey, how much, how much, uh, the person behind me, how much is their ticket? I want to pay for mine and theirs too. And so you get your food first and then you just drive off. Then they pull up to get their food, probably going to be struggling to pay the little bill, but you've already paid it. Hallelujah. And so, you know, just tell, just tell the person working there in the drive through window, just say, hey, I want to bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Pay for their food and go on. Hallelujah. But just stuff like that. See, you can, you can be a blessing everywhere you go. There's all kinds of divine opportunities. So that's why God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. Now remember also, let me close on this with the section of our tithes and offerings today. Remember, the blessings of Abraham were multi-generational stretching into our lives because we're now in Christ, but they are also multinational. And the blessing of Abraham has extended literally throughout the entire world because God's people uh, who are in him, who are in Christ. Well, it says very clearly in the book of Galatians chapter three, verse 13 and verse 14, that if you are Christ, well, then you're Abraham's seed. So those blessings are flowing into your life. And of course, there's believers all over the world. So understand also that that blessing, that's why I say there's different levels of impact of how you can be a blessing. You can become a blessing to a degree where you're not just blessing the person behind you in the drive through line. Uh, maybe you're feeding 500 children every morning that wake up in a foreign country in an orphanage. I mean, this thing is powerful, but remember there's purpose. You will be blessed. Why? So you can be a blessing. Say, Jesus, I received the blessing so that I may be a blessing. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God for the Lord is good. All right, let's honor the Lord and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. If you would like to mail them in, please send your tithes and offerings to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. If you would like to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so anytime, day or night. It's very safe very secure, highly encrypted. You can go to the website, stephenbrooks.org. There on the homepage is a, a box called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. You can click on that and submit your tithes and offerings. They'll come right into the ministry storehouse. Now, along with honoring the Lord with your tithe, we do have an, an area where you can sow seed or give an extra offering if you would like to. There is a header on the website called Projects, and there under the header, it, when you go into it, you'll see two projects we're focused on. One is the fence project around the ministry boundary uh, of the uh, property here, and also the hangar project so that we can have a beautiful hangar to bring the ministry aircraft into. Praise God. So if you would like to sow into any of those two projects, those are there.
and the Lord will bless you for doing that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Heavenly Father, bless your people. Mighty overflow, intersecting uh, the blessing time. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. The blessing's going to find them. They're going to be overtaken by blessings. Thank you, Father, so that they can be a blessing. Father, I thank you for your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Woo, praise God. Now, today, let's go to Psalm 126. Psalm 126. And, and today, let's talk about dream miracles. I would encourage you to have something to write on today, because I believe there will be some things that will go into your spirit. And you need to write them down, because it will help you to understand the goodness of God concerning these amazing dreams and the things that excite you, the things that that motivate you in life. God wants to do it for you. I would call them dream miracles. So get ready today to have this unlocked and released into your life. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word to study today's message about dream miracles, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate our understanding. Thank you, Father God. Let your word come leaping off of the pages into our hearts feeding us with the heavenly manna that our spirits consume. We thank you, Father God, that we are strong in faith. Thank you, Father God, that we are clear in our vision. And thank you, Father God, that we are staying on task to see the assignments that you have given us completely carried out for your glory and for your praise. Now, Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say amen. Psalm 126, verse 1, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like we were like those who dream. And I can imagine so. You know, when you've been in captivity for years, woo, and you're out. Suddenly, you're out. The situation previously that you could not get yourself out of, although uh, maybe you greatly desired, and, and you know, although you you tried and tried, you know, it's just uh, there is the element of the Lord's lifting up. Just like David said in Psalm 40, Lord, you've lifted me up out of the miry clay. Well, well, David, how did you get yourself into that? Well, nobody really gets themselves into a pit or stuck in something intentionally. But sometimes such things happen just through the process of going through life. You didn't plan it, but there it is, and it is what it is. But see, God can lift you up. And regardless of whatever that captivity can be, I'm telling you, God can turn it, and God can get you out of it, and God can set you free. Sometimes um, God will let you stay in it just a little bit because He wants you to know how awful it is. He wants you to know the difference between serving Him and what it's like when the old dirty taskmaster, the devil, when you've allowed him to come in and pollute your life, He'll let you know what it's like to serve Him too, because that's no fun. And then Christians start saying, God, get me out of it. God, get me out of it. Well, the Lord's like, I'll get you out of it, but you so wanted to go into it, I'll just let you stay there just a little bit before I deliver you just so that you're so fed up with it that when I finally take you out of it you're so fed up with it you will be determined you're not ever going back into that miry clay ever again hallelujah hallelujah no more rolling in the mud get out of the mud get out of the dirt the dirt has always represented the flesh, the things of the flesh. And let me just tell you right now, the devil loves for you to be in the flesh. He loves for you to be in the flesh. Why? He can mess your destiny up. He can totally 
alter the plan, the beautiful plan that God has for your life. He can alter it and mess it up if you just live in the flesh and do stupid things in the flesh. So get out of the dirt, walk in the spirit, walk in obedience to the commandments of God. And just, I tell you what, the moment you have, you totally sell out in your heart and you say, God, I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, God will break off any controlling habit. He'll set you free. He'll pull you out of the mud, but you have to mean business with God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who do what? Who dream. My friends, I'm not here today blowing pipe smoke at you and trying to, uh, you know, serve you some kind of a fairy tale that's coated with sugar. I'm trying to tell you today that God can bring your dreams to pass. I would be so bold and daring as a Pentecostal preacher to even tell you that the dreams that you have deep within your heart are actually inspired by God himself. And he would receive more joy out of it, seeing it fulfilled in your life than even what you would. And you know, it means a lot to you. Praise God. But we were like those who dream. What is that like, Pastor Stephen? Well, that's a place in your life where it happens. The miracle happens. The moment comes when it unfolds and there it is. And it's a little bit like, now hold on just a moment, because if I'm dreaming, Please, don't anybody wake me up. If, if I'm asleep and this is a dream, uh, no, nobody tug on the, on the covers or anything like that. I'm having too much fun. But my friends, it's a reality. Praise God. It's like a dream in the sense that you wake up and you look around for the former captivity that you're in and you're like, wow, it's gone. It's not here. And you pinch yourself. Is it true? Is it real? Yep, it's, it's real. This, this is the real life. And you wake up the next morning, and you're like, wait a minute, is it still true? Is it, uh, and it's still true. It's like, it's like a dream state that is perpetuated into your life. It's marvelous what God can do. And so the very next verse certainly would make sense then. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. So laughter and singing goes with the turning of captivity, with being placed into a, a position now of freedom and strength and blessing, and your dreams coming into existence. Well, there's laughter, uh, there's singing, and my friends, I see it. I see it on the horizon. Oh, I'm not talking about something's way off in the horizon that's years away. I see things for you that are very, very close. It's almost like all you have to do is turn the page. I don't know if the page is a day or a week, uh, but I'm saying there's some things that God has for you. You're going to be laughing before you know it. It's time to get your praise on. It's time to really walk with the Lord. Praise God, because He's going to make your life let me see if I can say it like this. He's going to make your life righteously envious of others. Now, envy, of course, or jealousy uh, can be very evil. But there is a, uh, a provocation, like a, uh, like a provoking type envy, though, that can in some ways, though, be good. Um, what I mean by that is that it can provoke other Christians out of their lethargy and out of their uh, settling with mediocrity. And, and, and say their life provokes me because God's doing it for them. And, you know, I, I knew them when they were this, that, or struggling or whatever. And that, now look what God's done for them. And they, they start thinking, well, if God did it for them, God, God, you know, God could do it for me. What's going on? Provocation. 
provocation in a righteous way that they just begin to rise up. Praise the Lord. And even the unbelievers can jump in and say, yeah, I tell you what, God is definitely doing something in their life. And it says, it says, and they said among the nations, okay, that would be the Gentiles or the people outside of the covenant with God. They were even saying the Lord has done great things for them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, you know, God's moving when the church is not only noticing it, your brothers and sisters in the Lord are noticing what God's doing, but you know, God's moving when sinners look at your life and, and they say, wow, I tell you what, God's really done something for them. I remember that person when that person was in a wheelchair. Now look at them. They're walking around. Whoo, whoo, glory to God. Praise the Lord. My, my friends, it's time for all sorts and all types of dream miracles, physical miracles, healing miracles, uh, where you just dream, wow, Lord, it would be so nice to be able to walk and not have to be on, you know, 18 prescription drugs just to make it through the day without dying or having some kind of a seizure or heart attack. Praise the Lord. There's all kinds of dreams, healing dreams. There's miracle financial dreams. There's there's connection dreams, there's, there's uh, job dreams of the dream job or the dream business, there's dream relationships, maybe you're sing single and you want to get married, God's got a, a dream spouse for you, hallelujah, my friends, it's time to tie in with God's great miracle working power. Now, when I say dream miracles, first of all, what I mean by miracles is that in the, in the natural world, we have natural laws, and they function normally. Uh, you know, the, the earth rotates around the sun. Uh, and, and while it's rotating around the sun, of course, the earth is rotating itself while it's rotating around the sun. A lot of complexity out there in the solar system and in the universe. And so we have all of these natural laws that govern stuff like that so that everybody's uh, living comfortably and we're not getting baked by too much sun or freezing because the earth is not rotating properly. So we have all these laws. Everything's working the way it should be. But uh, And there's many, many different laws. But a miracle is when God steps in. And he overrides these natural laws that he himself established. Now, don't, don't forget, the natural laws are good. I, and I like them. If not, I'd start floating up and go off in the space somewhere. And then, you know, then we get up in space, we're all going to die because we're not suited, at least with these human bodies, to live out there. So we thank God for the laws that he created, and they're good. But God, for the reason of a higher purpose, which would be the working of a miracle, can suspend a natural law. Now, it's not suspended forever. It's only for that little sliver of a moment, whether it's for literally, literally just a moment, like two minutes, or 30 seconds, or, you know, eight hours. But whatever it is, it's not going to stay like that forever. God's going to eventually pull back on that miracle, and then things revert back to the natural means of operating. Whether it's the parting of the Red Sea, well, eventually the Red Sea came back together. So God can do miracles where He suspends natural laws, and not only do we see miracles throughout the Bible, but you need to understand that every day miracles are happening to believers all over the world. And if you start to look at it over a decade, over a century, over a thousand years, over 2,000 years of church history, 
You, you're looking literally at millions upon millions of miracles that God has done for His people. And my friends, He's got one for you, praise the Lord. And He's got more than one. He has dream miracles that He is wanting to see manifested, brought forth into your life. Where really, when it happens, it is like a dream. Now stop just for a moment and think. What is the thing that stimulates you? What is the thing that inspires you? What is the thing that captures your heart and your attention where you could really sit down and easily for an hour just talk to another friend who's into the same thing? You could easily talk for an hour. You could probably talk to a person for an hour every day about that subject. Why? That's, that's your thing. Well, my friends, that's the dream miracle that God would dare you to believe Him to do, and He wants to do it in your life. Let's talk about a few examples of dream miracles that became reality. Woo, praise God. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. This would be referring to Hannah and the great miracle that she's going to receive. Now remember, so I'm going to read this. This is a woman who is biologically barren. And let's top it off. It even says God closed her womb. You know why? God just, you know, He's just looking down upon the nation of Israel, looking at all the potential mothers, and there's not a mother that really has a heart to say, hey, God, I'll give you my child, uh, and you could raise him up as a prophet. I think even today, you have a lot of intellectual parents they would desire that their young child would certainly, that they would have good intentions for their child, that the child would grow up and, you know, merge into a good occupation, maybe even something lofty, maybe a, a doctor, maybe a surgeon, maybe, maybe an engineer, who knows, something that would be considered in the world standards successful. Oh, oh, but so few would step back in the modern uh, day today and say, God, my child is gifted. My child, uh, you know, uh, you know, we've poured our life into this young child. But Lord, Lord, I'd like for this child to serve you as a prophet. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's bizarre. That's weird. Well, uh, God's looking. He's looking for those that are not just leftovers. You know, like, in other words, you have some, somebody that's just like, they can't go here, they can't go there, they can't do anything. God, you take him. <laughs> well, if that person comes to the Lord in humility and actually says, God, you, you obviously know I'm not good at anything. Uh, Lord, if you can do something, please do something with my life. Now, now, the Lord can certainly do that, and he has proven that he's well able to do that. But I tell you what, it's like so many people in the church, they, they want to give their best for their purpose, and they hold back on God. And if they have something good, they even hold back more. They say, no, Lord, he's too good for the ministry. She's too, she's too smart to go into the ministry. The ministry is for stupid people. So, Lord, we'll just keep our children back. Let them go over here. And so sometimes God looks down and says, you know what, since nobody's willing to offer I'm just going to close up some wounds, and I'm going to say who's going to get so desperate in their position of being barren, while everybody else around them is producing, that they actually would like to cut a deal with me. Mm -mm. Well, 
Well, verse 5 tells you that it says, to have, uh, it says the Lord had closed her womb. Okay, now verse 11, then she made a vow. <laughs> well, that was the whole purpose that God closed it. Hallelujah. Woo! Maybe your, maybe your insufficiency, maybe your, maybe your, your weakness or your handicap, uh, maybe you shouldn't blame the devil for it. Maybe there's something deeper that God is trying to work, and He's trying to get your attention. Mm-mm. Woo! I, I feel well, even as I talk about this, I feel some people get they get they get nervous. If you're getting nervous, it's because you're an intellectual deadhead. May the Lord bless you today. Praise God. While I speak so strongly to you, but there's a lot of people in the church that are intellectual deadheads. And uh, if Jesus literally walked into the meeting with uh, shepherd's clothing on and and uh, you know, and a golden crown on his head, and ten thousand angels. You'd have some people say, "Now, who's that?" Intellectual deadheads. They just they can't move in the spirit. It's like a rim closed off to them. It's like a bra- a brass door shut before them. Now they can get intellectual. They'll quote you scriptures and they'll talk very nice religious cliche. But when it comes to actually moving in the spirit or understanding God's ways, they're totally clueless. They're totally clueless. And so sometimes if they have something that God wants, God will just deal with them, cause something to be shut down in their life until they get so hungry, they even throw off, they throw off the captivity of this intellectualism. I call it like intellectual Christianity. Doesn't mean that we're not smart or we shouldn't use our brains because we should, and God's big on education, but he's more He's more focused on your spiritual development and Christ being formed in you instead of getting A pluses all the time on every exam. Have you ever noticed all the intellectuals in the sense where they've got to get the A plus? Everything, they've got to knock the ball out of the park on every test. It's got to be academic excellence on everything. And then, and then something changes in their life and they go in a different direction. And all that stuff they did, of all of that effort and all of that. All of that, you know, you look at their life, you're thinking, you're not even doing everything you studied for. You did all that, all that energy, all that stuff. You know, a lot of that was just a waste in a sense. Praise God. Well, maybe some intellectual people are getting upset. Pastor Stephen, you don't understand the importance of, of education. I do. I do. I just, I just would rather know God, though. Hallelujah. Unless you get all these degrees, you get all this stuff, and then suddenly your, t- your life takes a life turn, and now you're over here, you're, do- you're doing something you never, you're like, wow, all that study I did doesn't even have any application to this. I mean, it's very interesting. I've talked, I've talked to Christians before. I'll never move from this place. God put me here. I know they're saying it in the flesh. You're saying it out of their head. And the next thing you know, uh, two years later, they thought they would never move, but they got a job relocation, and headquarters said, you're moving. We need you over here. Oh, okay, okay. And then the next thing you know, they're selling their house. They're leaving the place. They said they would never leave. Everything that they had so planned out with their keen intellect, it's all up in smoke. Now they're over here doing something. And, and you know what? It's just good to know the Lord. It's good to walk with God. And if you walk with God, nothing's wasted. Nothing's wasted. And even if you did do a bunch of goofy stuff that really didn't produce anything, if you would just yield to the Lord, He'll still gather all of that, and He'll take it, and He'll make gold out of it. And all of those experiences, He'll draw application and an anointing out of it, so that nothing was wasted. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, 
Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. In other words, she's saying, God, this is a dream miracle, and you're the only one that can do it. Uh, a lot of times people don't really pursue the manifestation of a dream miracle until they get seriously, seriously desperate. <laughs> they just realize, God, hey, you know, unless I engage you in some kind of a special way, I realize nothing's ever going to happen. Nothing's ever going to change. I'm going to be forced to live with this for the rest of my life. And, you know, Lord, I, I just can't tolerate that. You know, and she got to the point where she couldn't even eat. Yeah, and she's also being provoked by her husband's other wife. And, uh, you know, now, now there's uh, friction and all of that stuff. And uh, she just said, I'm going to finally have to do something about this. And thank goodness she did. Oh, by the way, she's going to get the miracle. She's going to get the miracle. And not only does she get the miracle child, who is Samuel, who grows up to be one of the heavyweight prophets of the nation of Israel, also a Nazarite at the same time, because he never cut his hair. But Hannah was blessed by the Lord, where once her womb was open, she had other children. She went on to have, you know, five other children. But you'll also notice with the other children, they never rose by any measure to the fame, the notoriety, the national attention that the prophet Samuel had. Why? Why? He was the one that was devoted to the Lord. I'm telling, I'm telling you, if you just put God in every equation, you'll be blessed. If you make God the center of your life, you'll be blessed. But if you want to put him over on the side and do your own thing, then you're going to head down a path of you're never going to have notoriety with God. Praise the Lord. You'll never have that special touch, that special blessing where you make the impact that God intended for you to do. Now, verse 12, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. That's very, very important. Some things can be so sacred and precious to you, you can't even maybe even get it out. It's so holy. It's, it's such a sacred dream that you're even very careful to express it because it means so much to you. By the way, if that's that thing, and it's being highlighted right now by the Holy Spirit, then that's the, that's the thing that God wants to do. That's the thing that God wants to do. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Because he actually, he actually thought she was drunk. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Praise God. So, she really believed that that was the answer that she was looking for, and she got it. Praise God. Now, I would say this. If you really want God, listen very carefully. If you really want God to do dream miracle, you know, proofs in your life, where you have your own testimonies, okay? If you really want God to do that, I would say you need to be very careful that you do two things. Don't skip over them. Or you'll always wonder and you'll always doubt. Number one, if you want God to do dream miracles in your life, you have to go before the Lord and get this ironed out with God. Number one, this is it. Is this something that God has promised me? 
okay just because God promised it to somebody else doesn't mean that God promised that for you now, I'm not saying he didn't but I'm saying you have to know that because you know as theologians said really if you look at the Bible there are over 10,000 promises in the Word of God oh Pastor Stephen I'll, I'll take all 10 yeah all 10,000 you're not going to have time you're going to run out of life. I, I don't care if you live to be 120, okay? You're not going to have time to go after all 10,000 plus. I want this one. I want that one. I want that one. And not only that, you don't need to. You need to go after the things that God has promised you, okay? And if you're believing God for a dream miracle, you really need to get that ironed out between you and the Lord. Did God really promise that me? Or do I just want this because God did it for so-and-so, or God did it for so-and-so? And I'm not saying He won't do it for you, but I'm just saying with so many options on the buffet table of blessings, you really need to know. You really need to know. Because if, if not, you're not going to be able to stay on task. But when you know God really speaks to you, yes, I promise that this is, my, this is part, in other words, this is part of the plan that I have for you. This is included in my tailor-made specific blessing plan for your life. Okay, now when you know that, now you can really stay on task. Now you don't drift. Now, now you're focused because you, you got that covered with the Lord. But that's something that you need to dig into. And that's something that means what? It means prayer. It means just waiting on the Lord. Hey, Lord, what are your thoughts about this? Is this okay between you and me? Okay, so number one, is this something that God has promised you specifically? Okay, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Number two, and there's just two main things you need to focus on. Number two, is this something that God said in His Word? If you can't cover it with Scripture, you're already on thin ground, okay? So you need Scripture. In other words, let's say you're single, and you know, and you really sense that God wants you to get married, but also you know that that's totally fine with God, because He said in His Word, it's not good for man to be alone. Well, if it's not good for a man to be alone, that man obviously needs a lady, so that lady needs a man. Well, it's not good for her to be alone either, so there needs to be a marriage, praise God. Okay, so you need to know those things. Is, is this something that God said in His Word? Pastor Stephen, I really want to get married. Well, can we settle that in the Word that that's His will? Yes, absolutely, easily, praise God. And other types of things. Pastor Stephen, I'd really like to have a house. I, I don't have my own house. Is, is, that, is that in the Bible? Well, sure it is. I mean, even Jesus had His own house. By the way, even Samuel the prophet had his own house. And, you know, uh, you, you read about so many of the prophets of the Bible, they would give the Word of the Lord, and then they returned to their own house. I mean, it's just amazing how many biblical characters in the Bible, it's mentioned they had their own house. I believe God's got a place for you, too. So settle it in His Word. Settle it in His Word. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm-mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, I mean, the, the Bible is an ancient book. There's a lot that's not in there. Yes, that is true. But you'd be amazed You'd be stunned. I've had God stun me. How you? Yes, it's an old book, but it's alive. It's it's modern at the same time. And if you really want to know, if you really want to know, um, he can pull up a scripture, and the Holy Spirit can illuminate it in a way where you can still get your answer. Even watch this for a modern day question. 
Okay, so I had a, a, a friend of mine one time, a, a very wealthy man, uh, much older than me, but he's a good man. We've, we've talked and had good fellowship, and he's, he's probably in his 80s, but, you know, when I was at his house, he showed me his, his cars. He said, Stephen, would you like to see my cars? I, should, I said, sure. He said, okay, let's go down to the basement. I'll show you my cars in my basement garage. And so we, uh, we went to the elevator in his house and went down. Now, the very fact that he has an elevator in his house would suggest that, yes, he's got some money. So we go down, and he's showing me his cars, and there's the Rolls-Royce Seraf. There's the Mercedes Maybach. There's the Bentley Continental. And he said, look at this one, Stephen, as he's showing me his vehicles and, and stuff like that. He said, look at this one. And he showed me a car that I wasn't familiar with, mainly because it was so old. It was mainly a car that was very famous back in the 1920s, 1930s. And it was the car at that time that the Hollywood movie stars really preferred. And it was, it was imported from Italy. Now, he said, Stephen, he said, um, he said, I had heard about this car. And he said, I tried to be a good steward of my money because I look at the money that I have as provision that God has given me. And by the way, this man was a, he was a tither and a very, very generous giver. Uh, he was a big giver, particularly towards a certain ministry. And he said, um, he said, but Lord, he said, you know, I've got some extra money. And he said, Lord, um, I would like to know if it would be okay with you if I bought one of those old cars you know, you know, it's worth a lot of money, even when they're old and not, you know, not refurbished. But he said, Lord, would it be okay if I bought one and had it like totally remodeled? I mean, reupholstered with new upholstery and all the parts. If anything's broken, uh, you know, have it fabricated, you know, brand new and everything. Just turn this car into like it was brand new and just came off the showroom floor. And, you know, he said, Lord, I know that would cost a lot of money, and it would probably take quite a bit of time. And it did. It took about, I think, about 10 months to get it done. But he wasn't going to do it unless the Lord gave him a scripture that would tell him that he could do that. Oh, now, Pastor Stephen, you and I both know there is not a verse in the Bible about a car. Really. My friends... I'm not sure what your dream miracle is, but I can say with the highest confidence, it's in the book somewhere, and it may be spoken and revealed to you by the Spirit in a prophetic sense, but I'll tell you with absolute total conviction, looking at you from eyeball to eyeball, if you really want to know, it's in this book somewhere. This is key to seeing dream miracles produced in your life. I'm not here today talking about La La Land stuff. I'm not here today trying to sell you a lottery ticket. I'm here telling you testimonies based upon the infallible Word of God, that if you can get God's Word for it, then you have God's thumbs up, and it's going to happen, and there's not a demon in hell. Even if they all gang, gang up, every single one of them, they can't stop it from happening. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this, this dear man, he said, Stephen, he said, I went before the Lord in my closet, in my prayer closet, 
saying, God, would you give me a verse? Is, if, this is, oh, if this is okay, I'll move forward with it. But if it's not okay, he said, I'll drop it, and I won't touch it. He said, I would really like to do this, but if you, you say this is not okay, he said, then I won't, I won't do it. That's totally fine with me. By the way, you need to have a willing heart like that, that if the Lord did say no, then, you know, if the Lord said, you know, look, I know you want that, but that's not my plan, so don't do it. It'll distract you from the real plan. You need to be willing to walk away from it, okay? And that's honesty with the Lord. That, that's a real relationship with the Lord. If you're not willing to do that, you can't even really honestly hear from Him, okay? Because he'll, 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 He will talk. Oh, yes, He will talk. But you have to be willing to receive whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down. Now, I'm feeling good that I'm talking to some mature believers that you've already done a lot of filtering, and you're, in a sense, you already kind of know you, you're feeling really hot about this. You're, you're tracking this, and you're getting warmer as you go along, okay? So my friend said, Stephen, I went before the Lord to seek Him. God, would you, act, would you give me a scripture that would let me know your will, that if it's okay, that I can buy this, this vehicle, this, which, is, which is a beautiful long sedan. He said, he said um, let me know. Okay, so he's in his prayer closet praying, and the Holy Spirit whispered to him a verse and said, take your Bible, turn to this book, turn in, I think it was in the Song of Solomon. And he said, turn to this chapter and to this verse. And he said, but read it from the Amplified Bible. In other words, uh, you know, don't grab your, your uh, it, he was like old school, King James Version. He said, get it in the Amplified. And he said, read it. The Holy Spirit told him to read it from the Amplified Bible. And so he said, okay. So the Holy Spirit had given him a chapter and verse and book. So he went, got the Amplified Bible and opened it up. Because he didn't know what it was going to say. It's not like he was really familiar with one of the minor books of the Bible. But he went there, and when he opened up and read it, he said, Stephen, I about fell out. And it talked about how Solomon, and this is what it said, he built a palanquin. And when he looked on the footnote at the Amplified, or the version he was reading, and he looked down at the footnote, and it said, a vehicle, comma, a sedan for transportation. And it talked about how Solomon took this sedan, S-E-D-A-N, this vehicle for transportation, and he refurbished it, and he decorated it with all colored upholstery, and I mean, it described to a crazy T. It described exactly what my friend Paul was wanting to do, and he went out with the Lord's blessing and purchased that old sedan and he beautified it, and he showed it to me. He said, this just won second place in the Pebble Beach golf course, you know, car show. He said, this won second overall. Woo, crazy, crazy blessing. <laughs> and a testimony at that, too. Praise the Lord. Oh, God's amazing. Pastor Stephen, I, I don't know if God's got a verse for me. Oh, yes, he's got something for you. He's got something for you. I remember one time when I was in prayer, and the Lord spoke to me and said, and said the Americans will be the first to reach Mars. I said, Lord, and, and he wanted me to share that on a, on a New Year's Eve service a few years back, share it as the prophetic word of the Lord. I said, now, Lord, I said, I believe it because I, I, I just heard you say that to me, that the Americans will be the first to reach Mars. 
And uh, th this was before, you know, SpaceX and all of this stuff was going on. Uh, and the Lord had told me that. I said, Lord, but I said, you're going to have to give me a scripture on that. You're going to have to give me a scripture. And the Holy Spirit said, take your Bible and just set it down. Just let the pages fall where they may, and I'll show you. And I set my Bible down, and the pages just kind of gently fell open. And when they fell open and rested, a verse lifted by the Spirit of God. It looked like it had turned into a 3D hologram, like it stood up off the page. And I couldn't see any other scripture next to it or above it. It just, my eyes went right to that verse. And it said, Who are these who fly like doves to their roost? Mm. And that, that emphasis upon flying, the astronauts going to their roost, Mars. I said, Lord, I said, everything's in this book, isn't it? And the Lord just said, yes, it's all in there. Woo! Now it can be in there in a prophetic form where God will express it. But my friends, this is very important concerning the reality of seeing your dream miracles come forth in your life. Number one. Get before the Lord and iron this question out. Is this something that God has promised me? I know some Christians, one week they're on this, they're believing God for this, next week they're believing God for that, and then the next week they're believing God for that, and they have total overload, and, there's just, and, and, and in the midst of all of that, nothing ever happens. You know, another year goes by, nothing happens. Okay, you've got to stay on task. How do you stay on task? How do you stay in that supernatural focus? You know, that God has specifically revealed to you that thing is His will for your life. Mm -mm. Okay? And so, and then that takes us into that number two. Is this something that God said in His Word? Okay, God, I see it's your will. Give me Scripture for it. Mm -mm. Woo! Now look, look, I know that you could get technical, and you could get, get dogmatic and say, now Lord, I want five Scriptures out of the Old Testament, and I want five Scriptures out of the New Testament. But really, all you need is one. My friend Paul, all he needed was one. When God has spoken to me things, I said, oh Lord, you have to give me a Scripture on that. He's, he gives me one. That's enough. Why? Because as far as I know, there's only one verse and one story in the Bible about a man being swallowed by a giant fish. Well, I need that in the New Testament also, or I'm not going to believe it. Well, then you're just not going to believe it. But just because it's there once is enough for me. The very fact that the book of Jonah is there, that Jonah was thrown over a ship into the water in the midst of a storm, and the giant fish comes up and swallows him and takes him underneath and spits him up miles away on the beaches of Nineveh days later, just because it's not in the New Testament written out in 12 different places and 10 other stories about it, 10 other people that it happened to. I don't need all that. I just need one. I just need one. And by the way, Jesus did talk about Jonah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So in a sense, we could say it's New Covenant material as well. But all you need is one. Mm -mm. Oftentimes, when God gives you one, sometimes He'll just throw in more, just for fun, just to just, whoosh, just settle it like cement. And let me tell you this, when you get those two things ironed out, you are standing on solid cement of God's Word. Praise God. You're not going anywhere. Hallelujah. You're going in to the reality. Uh, when I say you're not going anywhere, you're not, you're not going to be moved. You are on the rock of God's Word. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It is time for dream miracles. Look at this one in the Gospel of Luke. 
I've got quite a few, and they're, they're all so good. But for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of just squeeze it down a little bit, compress this, and not share as many. But I want to share a few. Luke chapter 1. Praise God. Luke 1, verse 24. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. Oh, you mean Pastor Stephen, the Elizabeth who was barren, couldn't have children? Yep, that one. That one who had a dream miracle. What was her dream miracle? A child. How about this? Since your husband is a man of God, and since you really have a strong walk with the Lord, wouldn't it be wonderful if you not only had a child, but your child was a prophet? Mm. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's, no, that's dream. That, that's dream realm stuff right there. Yeah, that's the one God wants to do. That's, that's the one. Yep, for you. That's it right there. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months. Five months. Why? Because for five months, every morning she woke up, she just wanted to go away, get alone, and every morning wake up and try to realize, Lord, is it for real? And the tummy's getting larger and larger. Lord, this is like a dream. Wake up the next morning. Lord, is it, is it real? Put your hand on her tummy. Oh, wow, this thing is real. Woo! What's going on? Dream miracle coming to pass right before your eyes. She needed five months just to pinch herself and realize this thing is taking place right in front of my eyes. And eventually, the fullness of it popped out. John the Immerser, John the Baptizer, John the Baptist, as we call him. Wow, too cool. Praise God. It happened. It certainly did. And it's going to happen for you as well. Here's another one. Second Kings chapter four. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Debt, heavy debt, no way to pay it off. And they're calling the note in They're foreclosing. What on your house? Oh no, it's worse than that on your boys on your two sons and there's nothing you can do about it well pastor Stephen, her husband died they should cancel the debt they didn't do that back then they went after whoever's next in line and when he died he didn't take the, the debts to the grave with him they're still out there floating around and the creditors are like well well too bad he died but uh you know i'm sure he was a nice religious man he was a prophet but too bad we're still going to repossess we're, we're coming to con to collect right now pressure on just out of this world pressure and nothing she can do in her own ability to divert it so she calls for the man of God and you know the story that he said go borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors empty vessels do not gather just a few and when you have come in you shall shut the door behind you okay look very carefully please pay attention when you receive a word from God a word of wisdom. Remember, a word of wisdom is a supernatural word pertaining to the future of something that you're supposed to do, to step into, to make the miracle happen. Anytime there's wisdom associated with it will always be what? An instruction. Maybe maybe two instructions. Maybe, maybe just one. But she's told several instructions. You go in. Okay, do this inside of your house. Two, you shut the door behind you. This is not for everybody. Okay. Hey, by the way, God gives you a secret formula 
that's not for you to share with everybody that's proprietary wisdom and knowledge from heaven for you okay I hope you're smart enough that if God gives you the next recipe or the next formula that's on the same level as coca-cola you don't go out and share it with Pepsi and you don't go out and tell it to dr. pepper and you don't go out and tell everybody what it is no 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 that's your own recipe that's your own formula you guard it protect it you shut the door the wisdom of God always has instruction. And if you disobey or break any instruction associated with any word of wisdom, although it came from heaven, if you violate the instruction, the conditions have been broken. The promise is off. And it's not God's fault. It's the recipient's fault for not obeying the instruction that was associated with the word of wisdom. I feel in my heart you're going to get it right when it comes to you. Praise God. And shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. I don't understand how that works, Pastor Stephen. It's called a miracle. It's called a miracle. Wow. Praise God. Daddy Geo in Nigeria, one of the most respected men of God in the nation, really one of the greatest men on the earth today. spiritual father to Bishop David Oyedipo but Daddy Gio is a great man of God but he told this hilarious story I don't know if it's hilarious maybe it's a little bit of a wake-up story of what happened to his spiritual father who was a great pastor and a great man of God in his own right and you know this would go decades back maybe to the 70s 1970s but Daddy Gio said his pastor you know at one point you know there was a lot of struggles in the land of Nigeria and there was shortage everywhere but God spoke to his wife God spoke to this man's wife this pastor his wife God spoke to her because she had a pot on the stove and the Holy Spirit spoke now watch this word of wisdom go for each meal whenever it's mealtime go Put the ladle in the pot and take out of the pot and put it on the plate and cover back up the pot with the lid. Okay? Do not look into the pot. Okay? She was specifically told that by the Spirit of God. All you're supposed to do is whenever it's time to eat, pull the pot back. Now, there's nothing in the pot. Okay? But all you're supposed to do is pull the pot back just a little bit to get enough room to get the, the spoon down in there. Okay? Don't be looking in there. Okay, but just take the spoon and pull up what pulls up and put it on the plate. Okay, then slide the lid back over. Don't be looking in there. Okay, so there's great shortage everywhere. There is financial strain everywhere. And so they have received a word from heaven. Okay, the wife did. Okay, so uh, she goes over, you know, it's mealtime. So she goes over to the pot, takes the big spoon, and she puts it down in there, pulls it up. Guess what starts coming out of there? Chicken. A, ch a chicken meal. Okay? Chicken meal. And so she puts it on the plate, feeds the whole family. Okay? Puts the lid back on. And, uh, you know, uh, thought, wow, that's a miracle. That is, a, that is an absolute miracle, just like in the Bible. Okay? Next day, slides the lid back just a little bit, gets a spoon down in there, and takes the food out, puts it on the plates for all of her family. Uh, this time, it's beef. The Lord had prepared a beef meal, okay? And so they're all eating beef. There's another time 
she takes the slides the lid back just a little bit reaches that spoon in there okay uh, th- that particular day it was fish and they all eat a, a wonderful fish meal and this went on day after day after day after day and you know what although there's dire need all around them they're <laughs> they're eating really good they're eating really good until one day ah uh, until one day the pastor's wife thought I wonder really what's in the pot and she took the lid off and looked down into the pot and when she looked in the pot the pot was completely empty there was nothing in there no, there was nothing I mean it was completely empty and you know what she put the lid back on <laughs> but there was no more food no more food she had violated what the Lord told her to do and the moment she violated that the miracle food stopped praise God Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. verse 7 then she came and told the man of God and he said go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest oh now that's a dream miracle why she paid off the wolves she paid off the ravenous debt collectors who were already chomping at the bit to haul her sons away into slavery into in you know indebted to so they just worked for who knows 30 years to pay off the debt or wherever it was it was a real mess so you know she wakes up the next morning and she sold all that oil she's paid off the debt collector she wakes up the next morning and she's like God is this a dream pinching herself is it real you know goes looks in the bedroom there's the boys they're asleep yep they're still here you know the debts are gone I mean this is just like miracle zone stuff this is these are dream miracles and not only that she's got money left over to live on so this is better than she had even originally envisioned not only does she still have her boys not only are the debts dealt with but they're totally paid off and on top of that she's got a lot of money because she sold all of that oil Mm-mm. Woo! praise the Lord Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's ready to do a dream miracle for you. I, I just dare you to believe him mm, that he'll do it for you. He will. Now, again, the church over the years has received millions and millions of miracles from God. So often, even in the ministry of Jesus, after a person would receive a dream miracle, that Jesus would look at them and say, go your way. Your faith, your faith has made you whole. I want you to release faith today for a dream miracle I really felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to discuss this message with you today bring this before you today from the Word of God because I believe it's time for a dream miracle to happen in your life you're getting closer and closer to that due season you're almost on it and you really need to be walking close with the Lord walking in obedience to the Lord because God is going to bring this thing forward in your life and I believe that you're going to be that person that you say we were like those who dream because you'll see there it is and I've had those moments I've been privileged where I've had those moments in my life where it was literally it was a dream and it was a really good dream but then came the time because I dared to believe the Lord that the thing actually happened and and it uh, honestly yeah it was the same thing it, it took like days every time I'd see it I'd be like God it's it's there I, I don't even have to use my faith anymore for it I mean after all when it's there you don't have to use your faith because there it is I'm like 
Lord, I used my faith, and I trust you, and I believed you, and it was like a dream, but, but there it is. Wow. Glory to God. Mm-mm. And I believe some of you, you're going to be like Elizabeth. You're just going to have to take a little time off to assimilate this mighty thing that actually happened in your life. How about Sarah? She was 90 years old, and Abram, Abraham was 99, and yet God gave her the dream of her life, a son, praise the Lord, her own son, not somebody produced by, you know, Hagar, not an Ishmael, but her own son, praise the Lord, who was Isaac, his name means laughter, who was the covenant child, praise God. My friends, don't, don't give up on your dream. God's going to do it for you. Don't faint. Um, If you'll just stay in the game, you'll see it. So don't become weary. Don't faint. Stay strong in faith. Stay strong in the Lord. Keep praising Him. Keep believing Him. Keep trusting Him. And you're going to see that God's going to do it for you too. And you're going to see that your mouth will be filled with laughter, and you're just going to want to start singing. And for days and days, you'll just be singing about the Lord's goodness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people right now who have refused to quit, who have refused to give up up, to give up on the dream that you gave them that inspires them every time they really begin to dig deep and think about it. So Father, I just thank you for strength, grace, anointing being released into the lives of your people today that there's actually activation being released. Father, because I am I am a person who has seen you do dream miracles in my life. And I just thank you, Father God, that you've done it for so many people in the Bible. You have done it for millions. That's not an understatement, or excuse me, an overstatement, but you've done it for millions around the world. And you're going to do it for those that are watching today. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you. Father, I thank you for your people coming before you and making sure that what they're believing you for is something that you have specifically promised them. And I thank you, Father, that they're also coming before you so that they might encounter you with a living encounter in your word. Hallelujah. Glory to God that you will give them a scripture that will strengthen them and take them across the finish line of a dream miracle manifested. So, Father, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your anointing flowing that angels are being positioned right now for this release for the unveiling moment. Father, we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Good news for so many of you that are watching today. I see many of your seeds, some of them lay dormant in the field for a long, long time, for years. Some of you have seed in the field that has been there for over a decade. For some of you, it's even been in the seed, excuse me, the seed has been in the field for some of you for for even up to 20 years. But God has honored your faith. And those seeds are going to spring up overnight, and you're going to have that harvest show up, and you're going to be shocked. You're going to be surprised. Get ready. Hallelujah. God is positioning those angels right now for the moment of your miracle, your dream miracle. So, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I know I'm going to receive some wonderful testimonies from those of you that are watching 
that will see the reality of your dream miracle. Praise God. You're right on it. Keep pushing. Stay hot. Praise God. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Ooh, I'm just getting that witness. I'm getting that witness. There's a scripture for you for the dream miracle. There's a scripture for you somewhere in this holy book. Wait on the Lord. He'll show you. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you don't know what I'm believing for. Surely that's not in the Bible. It's all in there. It's all in there. The Holy Spirit will show you. Praise God. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know what? One of the most wonderful things, of course, about receiving a scripture like that, where God just boom reveals it to you, is first of all, the fact that you got it. Lord, I got it. I've heard from heaven. I've got the word. And then secondly, you realize the extra bonus blessing. Hey, I can hear from God. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. I just heard from God. That also is one of the greatest things that just causes your faith to skyrocket. And if you ever heard from him once, you can hear from him again. God speaks. God talks. Hallelujah. And if you will pursue, there will come the moment he will answer you. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Praise God. Though the vision maybe would tarry, as Habakkuk said, yet he would sit in that tower and he would wait to see what God would say to him. Oh, I'm telling you, my friends, God will talk. Give him time. Don't rush him. But I'm telling you, he will talk to you. Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all miracles originate out of relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if you don't know Jesus, you are disconnected from that access into the dream miracle ability of God to be released into your life. Hallelujah. If you would like to receive Christ right now, if you would like to have your sins washed away right now, please pray right now, boldly, out loud, this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I come before you confessing my sin, and I ask that you wash all of my sins away, and that you give me your life. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me right now. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And amen. And my friends, Jesus heard that prayer, and he has accepted you. He has saved you, and you now belong to him. Let us all take holy communion together. Please grab some grape juice, grab some unleavened bread. Let's take communion together today. Father, we bless the bread, the juice. We consecrate it. It is now set apart as holy. This is now the body, the blood of our dear Lord and Savior. Now, Father, we thank you for the bread. It represents his word. It represents his body. It is his body. And as we receive it, we thank you for the strength of your word coming into our lives. We thank you that you will give a word to us concerning that dream miracle. Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Somebody, you're going to get your response from God through a dream. I'm telling you, there's many different ways he can get the message to you. Some of you, you're going to get it through a dream. Get ready. 
Praise God. Father, we receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's protect together. If God can talk about upholstering and putting in the new fabric for a sedan, for a vehicle, He's got a scripture for you. Yes, He does. Father, we thank You for the blood of Jesus. Mm -mm. Father, we thank You that Christ is our righteousness, and because we're in Him, we are now in You. And we thank You that that righteousness of Him has been imputed into us, and we're pure and clean, and we have right standing with You. Thank You, Father. We ask that You would wash all of our sins away. Thank You, Father, that You promised in the book of Hebrews that our sins and our iniquities You would remember no more, forgiven and forgotten. Father, we believe it. We receive it in the name of Jesus. We partake of the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving and great honor and reverence. In His name, Amen. Let's partake together. Woo! Praise the Lord. Father, I speak blessing over your people. Mm. I see something's about to be put in your mouth. What is it, Pastor Stephen? A bologna sandwich? No, no. It's better. It's laughter. It's joy. It's singing. Why? Because you have become that person who dreams, and the dream came to pass. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. You're going to put it in their mouth. They will know the experience of it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.